This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom and Mind, where we dive into all aspects of perinatal mental health and wellness related to pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. It's so much more than postpartum depression. We raise the volume on all of these topics in the hopes that someday everyone will have the support and info that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm Dr. Kat. Our bodies and systems are so incredibly complicated, and it's nearly impossible to know everything we need to know in order to have a healthy pregnancy, postpartum, or new baby for that matter. The more we understand about how our brain and body work together, the more prepared we can be. And in this episode today, we are going to dive into understanding the thyroid a little bit more and how it impacts fertility and loss and pregnancy and postpartum. Our guest today, Dr. Hilary Manzik, is a licensed psychologist with private practice in Cary, North Carolina. She also sees clients remotely throughout North Carolina and Virginia. She holds a doctorate in clinical psychology from the George Washington University and a master's of education from Harvard, as well as advanced clinical training in perinatal mental health. She is passionate about supporting parents throughout their journey from trying to conceive and onward. She's also passionate about helping parents and children feel connected to each other and live their best lives, both as individuals and as a family unit. She's going to be telling us a little bit about her own experience and how her own thyroid condition impacted her fertility journey and on to pregnancy. And then we'll get into some other clinical aspects for those of you who are clinicians to consider and then those of you who are working towards pregnancy and having a child. And as you'll learn, many, many people have thyroid conditions and might not even know about it. So if you yourself are someone who's struggling or you know someone else who might be, please pass along this information because it could be really helpful in someone else's journey to parenthood. Let's meet Hillary. Welcome, Hillary. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy that you agreed to come on and to share your story here with us. I think that thyroid conditions are so maybe misunderstood or not talked about enough, and I'm really happy to get your perspective both personally and professionally on how we can do a better job. So I would love for you to start wherever you'd like. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I think it's going to be helpful for me to start with my own personal story and then kind of segue into how that's changed my work. Oh, sure. Within perinatal mental health. Great. So I I have two children, a two and a half year old and a five and a half year old. And in between those two pregnancies, I had 
what's called a missed miscarriage. And, you know, this came after having had a completely healthy, normal pregnancy, other than a breech birth or, you know, breech baby, everything went perfectly the first time around. So this was like a huge shock. And in a missed miscarriage, you have no idea that you've miscarried because Mm -hmm. you just go in for the ultrasound and there's no heartbeat. You've had no other symptoms. Mm -hmm. And so apparently I learned later that a lot of thyroid related miscarriages are missed miscarriages, but I had no idea that there was any of that going on. And so, you know, like with most miscarriages, the doctor had me go get a second ultrasound elsewhere just to make sure that it wasn't just their machine or whatever. So I went to the hospital, had an ultrasound, and the doctor was like shocked. He said this, most miscarriages, the embryo kind of starts to, you know, change as it gets ready to leave the body, but yours looks perfect. It just is about three weeks younger than what you think you are. So you just, you may just not know your dates. Well, I did. There's no way that I was five weeks along, but the doctor said, I can't call this. And so he said, you need to go away for a week and come back and we'll check. Thankfully, my OB advocated for me because that would have been torturous. Yeah. Um, She said she knows her dates, you know, but that was significant too. You know, the fact that this embryo was so perfectly formed because when there is a miscarriage related to low levels of thyroid hormone, typically what happens is the baby just stops growing. Like there's Mm -hmm. no other issue. Uh And so looking back, there's all of these clues that that's why I had miscarried, but I didn't know any of this at the time. It's also notable that I was super anxious during this pregnancy compared to my other two. And I was super tired, like not just pregnancy tired, but like couldn't get up off the couch. Like my poor toddler, I was like, let me think of all the games I can play where I don't have to move. (laughs) So, and um, you know, that was not like me at all. So I had this sense that like, this is not right. I was five weeks along at that time and I wasn't scheduled to go in until eight weeks to the OB. So I called my primary care doctor and I said, okay, can you see me? I just, this doesn't feel normal. And so she did run a test called TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. And that's the test that pretty much everybody will run Mm -hmm. to see if you have a thyroid issue. I since learned that that's not, the best and certainly not the only test you should run. And mine TSH came back at a 3.5, which I also later learned that in pregnancy, it shouldn't be higher than a two. Uh But she came back to me and she said, Oh, nope, totally normal. Everything's Mm -hmm. fine. She's like, Oh honey, it's just a second pregnancy. You're just going to be tired, which Mm. now that I've had my second child, I'm like, no, that was not true. So she kind of just blew me off. And, you know, I had no idea that I had any sort of thyroid condition. And I was not, I think it's important to note, I did not fit the typical picture of symptoms that you hear about, kind of the uh, caricature of a thyroid client where, you know, your eyebrows are thinning, you're overweight, hair loss. Like I had none of those things. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I was tired, but I also had a baby before that, that was up every two hours for 18 months. So I kind of thought, well, you know, so before getting pregnant, I didn't think anything of it. I thank you for speaking to that because I think just in general, it's so hard to decipher what is what when you are sleep deprived and you have so much going on and it's so easily, whatever symptoms you're having are so easily put off on like new mom stuff or pregnancy stuff. And it's just glossed over. So I'm grateful that you're bringing that point in. Yeah. You know, I think it's very easy to think, well, I just had a baby. Like, of course I'm tired or I'm pregnant. So 
You know, and I will say to people listening, like you do know your body better than anybody else. So if you do feel like this is above and beyond and we'll get to what I think people should do, but it is important to advocate for yourself. Yeah. So I met with my midwife a few months following this whole thing. And we were just kind of talking about how, what I wanted to do going forward in terms of getting pregnant with the baby that would hopefully stick. And she looked at my thyroid results from when I had seen that primary care doctor And she was like, oh my goodness, this is like way too high for pregnancy. Mm -hmm. This is like, I said, well, do you think that's why I miscarried? She's like, I mean, I can't say for sure, but like, let's just say if I had seen you that day, I would have put you on replacement hormone that day. Mm -hmm. So that was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) And that's one of those things, you know, I wouldn't have the child I have if that baby had survived. So you can't really have regrets, but it does mess with my head. I'm like, wow. So like it could have just been a pill. And that would have been enough. That's hard when it seems like such a simple solution. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and yeah, just as I had known mm-hmm. what I know now. Right, right. So they, my OB practice was like, listen, you know, we don't really treat thyroid issues. So let's refer you to an endocrinologist. And that's a doctor who really specializes in thyroid issues. And I went and made an appointment. I couldn't get in right away. And I needed to feel in control and like I was doing something. So I started just reading and researching and I kind of dove into the whole world of thyroid and fertility. And I found out that not only is hypothyroidism a well-known cause of miscarriage and infertility, the way I guess it goes is that some people can never get pregnant when their hormone levels aren't optimal. Some people can get pregnant, but they'll always miscarry. And then some people can get pregnant with low thyroid hormone levels, but then they are at risk of pretty much every pregnancy complication there is. So it's not always, it doesn't always present exactly the same way, but it's a well-known correlation. Mm -hmm. And then not only that, but thyroid is also a well-known cause of anxiety and depression. Totally. I was like, wow, okay. (laughs) Like this, nobody has talked about this. And so, you know, I also found out that when you are pregnant, you really need to be running not only the TSH, but the hormone levels, your actual hormone levels, because your fetus does not have its own thyroid until 20 weeks. And so you really need to have enough hormone for yourself and the baby for everything to go well. 
So you have to be looking, especially as the baby grows, you have to be looking at this regularly every month so that you know if you need to up your replacement hormone levels. Can I ask a question here? Is this for like if you have a known thyroid condition, whether hypo or hyper, this needs to happen? Or is this should this just be standard practice even if there's not a hormone condition? That is a great question. So that's definitely true if you have a known thyroid uh-huh. issue. Uh-huh. However, I will say that I believe every pregnant person really should have a full thyroid panel done, not just the TSH, mm-hmm. because they always run TSH. Right, right. But they need to have a full thyroid panel done that includes those hormone levels because a lot of times, so most hypothyroidism in our country is caused by Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. which is the autoimmune hypothyroid. So there's not actually an issue with your thyroid, but your body's attacking your thyroid. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes people have symptoms, but the only thing in the lab work that would show up is that there's antibodies against the thyroid. So sometimes the hormone levels themselves are fine for years, but the antibodies are there. And that alone they have shown in the research can be enough to cause a miscarriage. So sometimes they need to start replacement hormone even before the levels are affected. And so I really think we need to be doing this for all pregnant people so that we know if we need mm-hmm. to intervene. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. So for that. Yeah. yeah, of course. So I found out all of this information. And when I got to the endocrinologist, she did say, you know, yes, you have Hashimoto's and, you know, so I was like, okay, so when I get pregnant, we need to do all of these things. She's like, well, just call me when you get pregnant. So thankfully, I tend to get pregnant very easily, even with the baby I lost. So the next month I was pregnant and I went in and I'm like, okay, like let's run all these tests. And she's like, oh no, we just need to do the TSH. Mm. And of course now I knew too much. I'm thinking, no, (laughs) no, lady, right. That's not not true. Um, Uh And she said, and we don't need to do this monthly. Like she was very dismissive. Like that's just not necessary. And I was like, okay, at this point I'm pregnant. I'm like, heck no, mama bear comes out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I'm not losing another baby. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I changed doctors five times during that pregnancy. And, and this was within the first like six weeks wow. because I was determined to get somebody who wasn't going to just dismiss this. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> and I, at one point, thank you. You know, at one point my husband looks at me, he's like, you don't have to be your own doctor. And I was like, but I do. And I don't right. want to be. Mm-hmm. So my OB practice was phenomenal through all of this. They, they would run the hormone levels for me. They would up the medication when I would ask them to. But again, I was having to be my own doctor, which I did not mm-hmm. want to be. And especially pregnant after loss, you're already anxious. I was just yeah. like, I don't want, I don't want this um, responsibility. I did finally get in with a practice that was supposedly really great with pregnancy and thyroid. And then they called me the day before my appointment and they said, oh, you're already pregnant? Oh yeah, no, we can't take people who are already pregnant. I was like, what? (laughs) So it was a very frustrating process. I ended up ultimately seeing a doctor in North Carolina. I lived four hours away in Virginia at the time. And so I was making that hike with a toddler in the backseat. We knew we were moving to North Carolina once we had the baby and I have family here, but still Mm -hmm. I'm driving every couple months with a toddler in the backseat to go get thyroid care. Um, It was a lot. It shouldn't be that hard. Right. Um, You know, and I fully believe that he's here today. My toddler, healthy toddler's here today because I did all of this. Mm -hmm. And now I've got a great doctor. And so if if we were to ever do this again, I don't think it would be anywhere near this hard. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think if I hadn't done all of that research, 
probably would have had multiple losses and would have just had doctors say, yeah, we don't know. We don't know why that's happening because I have so many clients come in in that position. Right. They've had their TSH and a lot of them don't know what I know. So they're like, no, my thyroid's not the issue. Like that's mm-hmm. been taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, but has it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that, you know, and then the other thing I learned in all of this is that pregnancy is a major trigger for autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. So I think in my case, it was triggered by my first pregnancy and I had no idea. So I think a lot of us, you go along, you're always healthy. You don't have any of these issues. And so that's another reason people dismiss like, well, but I've always been fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But pregnancy can trigger this. Okay. So, right. Pregnancy can trigger a thyroid condition or worsening of something that was maybe mm-hmm. like subclinical now becomes to some other clinical level or, well, when I say clinical, I say that knowing that all labs have different cutoffs for these conditions and also some of them are not as tight as others, meaning they might, yes. you said, might consider them to be fine where other labs and other doctors would know that they are not. Right. I think that's a really important point. People who are well-versed in thyroid health know that there's a big difference between normal, meaning that you're in the lab's range, and mm-hmm. optimal. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of people who they're in the lab's range, but they don't feel good and right. you could still be having losses and in infertility, you really need to be optimal within that range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not all doctors are going to know that that matters. Ooh, yeah. Right. So that's frustrating and not just frustrating, but right. A lot of people are suffering when they don't necessarily need to be. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think about it too, with postpartum depression and anxiety that, you know, if your pregnancy did trigger a thyroid imbalance, then, you know, you're going to feel depressed and anxious and maybe you would have already had that going on, but this is exacerbating it. Sure. Yeah. It's a major, major concern. And this is why I'm so glad we're talking about it today because it it absolutely needs to be addressed everywhere. For sure. In every pregnancy and infertility. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for going into that with me. I sort of derailed you a little bit from um, your story, but because of your experience in all of this research, it's really, really focused your work in perinatal mental health in a different way. Yeah. I mean, it really has changed the entire lens through which I view perinatal mental health. You know, I, now that we know that pregnancy in and of itself can trigger thyroid issues, and we know that being hypothyroid can cause infertility, loss, depression, anxiety. I just think how can we not consider that in this picture when we're thinking about how to help our perinatal clients? And also in having learned all that I've learned about hypothyroidism and autoimmunity, it's opened my eyes to the world of functional medicine, which is holistic and preventative and person-centered. And it really takes into account all the factors in someone's life that might impact their physical health. So including things like stress and trauma, Mm -hmm. which is what we see all the time as mental health clinicians. Right. So now I see the functional medicine practitioners in my community as partners in my work. And I I feel like I couldn't do this without them. Yep. You know, and then the other thing I will say, there are so many hormone related issues beyond thyroid that now my eyes are open to. So things like sex hormone imbalances or insulin resistance, cortisol, our cortisol levels apparently don't go back to normal until two years after having a baby. And that that makes sense. Right. So, you know, and all of these are interconnected. So if one is off, they're all going to at some point become imbalanced. And so I think it's really important that we're thinking about all of these things when we're looking at the symptoms that our clients are coming in with. 
Right. As you were saying that, I'm thinking too, you know, there's people who sort of live in lower stress environments. Maybe they're coming back to normal at at this kind of more average pace. But if you are living in a higher stress environment and it's chronic, then wow, what is happening to your hormones and your body when there's chronic stress in your life? Plus then also dealing with the ups and downs coming with pregnancy or loss or postpartum. Right. I think that's a really important point. Like when I look at after I had my second baby, we did move to North Carolina. Like we listed our house with a three month old and my husband went ahead and moved down. So then I was by myself with a toddler and a baby showing the house. (laughs) It was Mm -hmm. just a mess. Mm -hmm. And I think about that and that absolutely threw my cortisol even more out of whack than it Mm -hmm. would have been before. So any of the times, you know, that people are having moves, job changes, they go back to work, but it's stressful, financial issues, partner issues where they're struggling to figure out how to be a family now. We know that's so common and that's just going to exacerbate all of this. Right. uh, Right. It's such a a huge picture. I mean, everything affects everything. Yes. Right. So this then I imagine thyroid conditions get overlooked in a lot of ways, not only by, you know, maybe well, even well-meaning medical providers, but also because there might be a million other things that you have to attend to and can't quite get to a doctor, let alone advocate for yourself. Right. And then because we know that autoimmunity is one of the biggest, probably the major cause of hypothyroidism in our country where we're not iodine deficient for the most part. Um, There's a whole lot that goes into treating autoimmunity. It's not, you know, if you're just taking replacement hormone, you need that. That's a huge piece of the puzzle, but it's certainly not addressing the root cause. And so a lot of people are diagnosed with hypothyroidism and then they're never told, hey, you have Hashimoto's. So then Hmm. they have no idea that that's this whole other piece to healing. Well, yeah. So that brings up several questions for me because not like you, your husband said, you don't have to be your own doctor, but sometimes you do. How do people know what to ask for from their providers? Yeah, that is a great question. And I'm going to give some resources when we finish talking or towards the end of our discussion where people, and maybe you have show notes, I'm guessing you can put oh, some yeah. of this in. Yeah. Perfect. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, so we will link to some of these resources, but perfect. But in general, you want to look for a couple of different things. You want somebody who will run not just the TSH, but you want your levels of free T3. So free just means that it's actually available to your body and not bound up in your cells. So free T3, free T4. T3 is your active thyroid hormone. You need it to feel good. T4 Mm -hmm. is your storage hormone. So since some people have good levels of those hormones, but they can't convert T4 to T3. So there's all of these places this can break down. So you want that tested, you want reverse T3, and you want your thyroid antibodies. So those are the TPO and TGAB. Both of those together, some people who have Hashimoto's are negative for one, positive for the other. Some people, like I was when I first got tested, I was negative for both of the antibodies, but apparently that doesn't mean you don't have Hashimoto's. <laughs> so uh, yeah, apparently- we supposed ne- to know? I know. So now my antibodies have risen a little bit into significance, but mine have never been very high. And there are some people that have them in the thousands. And apparently it's not by itself, I guess, a full rule out if you have your antibodies not significant. So you want somebody who will run all of those tests. Mm -hmm. You want somebody who's going to care about where you fall in that range. So Mm -hmm. are you optimal or are you just in range? Mm -hmm. But most importantly, you want someone who's going to listen to you. So if you come in and say, yes, I get that I'm optimal, but I still feel like crap, (laughs) help Mm me. Mm -hmm. You want someone who's going to care about that. Um, And who's going to be willing to think about things like, 
lifestyle, stress levels, diet, presence of previous trauma when they're thinking about how to help you. Okay. Yeah. Those are a lot of really great things to think about. And you said we'll have some links to be able to share with people to look more into that. So, you know, I want to be clear too, that as clinicians, as mental health clinicians, we are not people who are going to be treating thyroid issues. We're not treating hormone imbalances. That is not our role. But I absolutely think that we do have an important role in this because, you know, we're getting clients coming in because they're grieving these multiple losses or infertility or Mm -hmm. they're anxious, they're depressed. And so knowing what we know about this connection and how often thyroid issues are completely missed or undertreated, Uh I think we'd be remiss to not adequately partner with somebody who can either rule out or treat a thyroid issue. And that's what I say, honestly, in my initial phone consultation with my clients, I tell them, I say, you know, this is a component of how I work that I will give you a list and I will refer you to somebody who can adequately rule these things out that could be just making things harder for you and making things harder for us in the therapy. And so I have a whole list and and I will say too, functional medicine providers often don't work with insurance because they want to be able to offer things like 90 minute sessions where you really get all of your concerns addressed, but they can be expensive. And so I have made sure to find a list of people that work within all price points, all different kinds of insurance participation in your community. If you're a clinician and you meet somebody who does this work, you can ask them, you know, who do you refer to when your clients can't pay your fees? Um, So I've come up with a list and I give that to all my clients. I let them know, you know, these people take insurance, these don't. And I make sure that clients feel prepared and supported and advocating for themselves. So I point them to resources as well. And I let them know, here are the tests. And, you know, I obviously can't treat this, but if you bring me your results, I can point you in the right direction. Uh So yeah, I think that that distinction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's important, you know, because I, obviously we're not going to be working with that, but we really need to be thinking about all of these other things that can be making it harder for our clients. And I think we need to educate ourselves. You know, like I'm actually pursuing a certification in nutritional and integrative medicine for mental health professionals. And that's something offered by PESI. It's all online, pretty Mm -hmm. easy to do, but just something so that, you know, because I'm sure there's conditions that I don't even know about yet that could be affecting my clients. So just educating yourself on this and using the resources that I'll name later. Um, But it's been really validating for me to, like, I get clients who come in, they're newly postpartum, and then a lot of them have additional stressors like losses in their family, pregnancy losses, NICU stays, traumatic birth, all of these things that I think if you just looked at them, you would say, well, yeah, of course you're struggling. Um, And I think you could just stop there and say, let's just jump into the therapy. But I send these clients for these rule outs. And like 30% come back with Hashimoto's diagnoses or insulin resistance. And so it's very interesting. And then it's, I love when they come in and they say, oh my gosh, like I had no idea. I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. And yes, of course, I'm still sad. And yes, I still have this trauma, but they come in and they're more able to work through that once some of these other health issues have been addressed. Right. Right. Yeah, I really appreciate that because systemically healthcare is so siloed into mental health versus physical health. And I totally agree with you that we as mental health providers can be really good advocates and give people information to take to their medical providers to get this follow through. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times people come in and once they've got these other issues addressed, they're really excited because they can lower their levels of psychotropic medication. Some people even can stop that. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if you need your medication, then you take that too. But right. some of these issues are dealt with enough that people don't need that component anymore. Mm -hmm. Right, right. In essence, this needs to be part of our standard of care and that we are giving people these resources when yes. possible and when they're available in our community. Yes. And I would say the other thing I would say to clinicians, you know, even when I was at the advanced training for PSI, when we were talking about thyroid, there's this sense of like, if your clients have these physical symptoms, and I think we need to be really careful not to stereotype what we think a thyroid patient looks like, because all of my clients who have been diagnosed with Hashimoto's, literally none of them are overweight. <laughs> you know, none of them have these physical symptoms that I would not have picked them out of a lineup knowing what I know about the mm -hmm. typical thyroid symptoms. So I think just when, even when you don't think you need to rule it out, even when the client's mental health history explains so much of what's going on, even then you should thoroughly rule it out. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. And yeah, I fully agree with that as well. Right. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Okay, great. So that is um, good information for us um, mental health providers who want to support our clients. So what are you saying you know, to clients who are either trying to get pregnant or pregnant, what advice would you give to them if they're they're struggling here? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think first and foremost, educate yourself. So I point clients to resources. We talk about it. I share what I know with them, you know, but just to learn about your body, your hormones, 
and the many and often surprising symptoms that can be associated with autoimmune disorders and hormone imbalances. Mm-hmm. And then connect with the doctor, and I help clients with this part, connect with the doctor who will really be there for you and run the tests that you really need to rule out Hashimoto's Mm -hmm. or other forms of hypothyroidism and hormone imbalances. But lastly, don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. No doctor is perfect. If you feel like, you know, Hey, I really want you to run all of these tests and not just this one. Could you do this? Feel free to bring in resources to them. You know, as a clinician, I am always happy to have a sign a release and I can collaborate directly with the medical provider clinician, you know, so advocate for yourself, let your therapist help you advocate for yourself, but don't just dismiss it. If you really feel like something's wrong, you know, your body don't feel like you have to just take, Oh, well, honey, it's just second pregnancy. You know, you right. don't have to just take that. You can absolutely get to the bottom of it with mm-hmm. the right help. Fantastic. Yeah, it's hard, but advocating for yourself and getting doing some research is great. And at the same time, I'm also thinking about there's a lot of women in particular who have a health anxiety related to kind of what if the doctors aren't catching a condition that I have, who are sometimes really like very much advocating for themselves, but the anxiety is just there, that something is there. So you know, it can be hard to find that balance, especially if, you know, you're going on to Dr. Google and looking for for (laughs) resources and finding information and, oh my gosh, every single thing you have could lead to like imminent death. Yes. (laughs) So down the rabbit hole and that can be anxiety producing on its own. So yeah, finding that balance between doing the research and advocating for yourself and also trying to keep some balance in there for yourself as well. Yes. A hundred percent, you know, and The resources that I will share, I think really give you what you need to know without having to, there's a lot on the internet and a lot of it, even (laughs) with respect to thyroid, you know, isn't really helpful. So I think it's helpful when you kind of have some resources that you trust. And then, you know, beyond that, if you're really feeling like you are always thinking that something is wrong, that's a great issue to take to therapy and really you know, tease out what's going on. But if you do have an untreated thyroid condition, Mm -hmm. sometimes it manifests as, as with me during this pregnancy, I was Googling all the time, like what I felt like something was off and I didn't know why, but I know now that was the anxiety caused by not having enough thyroid hormone to feel normal. Right. Right. It's such a complicated system that we have our bodies um, and, and how it's all wired together and works together. And as you were saying before, there are so many things that can affect each other. Um, it's not like this one thing just lives on its own. The thyroid right. interacts with other other parts of our bodies and the other parts of our environment like stress. So I love that though, that you are bringing this to everyone's attention to really, really consider the thyroid, um, especially when there's anxiety and depression and infertility uh, right. related complications. Right. And, you know, I think of the thyroid kind of as like the control center for the body. So, you know, if it's not functioning well, all the other things. When you look at the long list of thyroid, potential thyroid symptoms, any system in the body can be impacted. Anyway, you look at the thyroid and you think it's just this small part of the body when in reality it controls and affects so many things. So I think, yeah, absolutely. This is why it's really important to have people be aware of this and not just, oh, we ran the TSH, but how to really truly rule out whether that's impacting your client. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And like all the, if you are having to advocate and if this frustration about not getting answers or trying to find answers, just like you said, 
dealing with that in therapy and getting the support of a a mental health clinician is just, it sounds and is such a great combination to have two, at least two teams of of people and two streams of thinking and help you cope with these changes. Yes, absolutely. And you know, for me, I worked through in my own therapy, this whole idea of like, I was always healthy. I always saw myself, I never had to mark any of the boxes on any of the, on any of the forms until I got pregnant. And then I had to have a C-section because I had a breech baby. And then I had this Hashimoto's diagnosis. And so my husband and I joke that like the kids are the reason that I have all of these issues. But, you know, but I think just dealing with that, there's a grief there of like, oh, I have this issue. And then coming out of that and recognizing like that does not define me. Mm-hmm. And here I am again, feeling healthy and able to do fun things in yoga and run races and all of those things that, you know, healthy people do because I still now see myself as healthy after kind of working through that in therapy. Oh, so sure. that's an important piece too, just to work through the diagnosis if you end up with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. Thanks for bringing that into uh, so many good pointers in here that grief there's so many body changes that happen anyways through infertility, through pregnancy and loss and postpartum that it's hard to wrap your mind around how many things are being affected and changing. And man, if we can identify a couple of things and just like work it out and figure it out how much better you can feel eventually, but that grief that comes along with all this change is so, so real. It really is. But I will say just to kind of leave people with a positive note, you know, after I got the help that I needed, I really did have a really wonderful, uneventful second pregnancy, um, my third pregnancy, you know, with my second child, I ran through the entire thing. I ended up, you know, with my first child, he was breached. So I had to have a C-section. I had an unmedicated VBAC with the second, like this was the birth I had always wanted. So I Mm -hmm. redeemed that. So Mm -hmm. like just having had the right levels of replacement hormone and doctors who really saw the whole picture, I ended up having this wonderful pregnancy. So, you know, it's not a sentence to having complications, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Right, 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 right. But, and also getting the help to manage the anxiety and the overwhelm and the, all of that really, really, really helps too. Yes. Like oh, so much. Yeah. Uh, great. Thank you so much for all of this, Hillary. This is such good information. And you'd mentioned before that you have some resources if you want to just shout those out now, and then I'll put them in the show notes later. Okay, perfect. Yeah. If you are listening and you're wondering, okay, how do I learn more about this? There's a wonderful resource. It's a book called Stop the Thyroid Madness. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a book that was born of sort of this epidemic of undiagnosed and undertreated hypothyroidism. So it's a guide to understanding your thyroid, finding a provider, getting the treatment you need, which lab tests, what are the optimal ranges. And there's a website by the same name. And then from that, came Stop the Thyroid Madness 2, which is written by doctors. They all each took a chapter and it expands on the principles of the first book. And then there's a wonderful book that just came out, I think last year or 2018 called Hangry. And it's a really great guide to women's hormones and how to balance them. And just talking about like lifestyle and diet and how stress management, ways that you can balance your hormones by everyday things that you can do. And I recommend this book a lot to my clients and they communicate that they really love it. It's written in a way that's very friendly to understanding. And so you kind of know all of the big players and then you learn to tune in like, okay, I'm craving sugar after all my meals. What can I do? So you kind of, you learn to really be 
tuned into yourself and you can balance your hormones. It's kind of, it's empowering, I guess. And then there's a podcast that corresponds to that. It's called the Sarah and Dr. Brooks show. And then if you want to learn more about autoimmunity, Amy Myers is a great resource. She's a doctor in, I believe she's in Texas. Um, she has a book called The Autoimmune Solution. And then um, Isabella Wentz is also a great resource specific to Hashimoto's. She's got a book called The Root Cause and The Hashimoto's Protocol. So if you have been diagnosed with Hashimoto's, those are great places to dive in and learn more. Great. Thank you for that. I hope that this is, I know that this will be supportive to a lot of people and just to have this knowledge and resources will, I'm sure, support a lot of people. So thank you so much for sharing your personal story and your professional knowledge and for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You know, if my story helps even one person, it is worth telling. So I'm glad I got the chance. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, if this has sparked your interest to learn more about how the thyroid works and how it functions to support pregnancy and postpartum, Hillary has given us that list of resources that have been put in the show notes for you. And as we said before, today's episode is not medical advice, but more rather, and as we said before, today's episode is not medical advice, but it is a launching pad for you to be thinking about your health or things that might be contributing to infertility or pregnancy in a different way. Thank you all so much for being with us. And if this is your first time, please do subscribe so that you get all of these episodes downloaded directly to you each time they drop and share with one other person who might really need the resource of this podcast. Glad to have you with us. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.